I didn't know when I suggested this. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome, we got the beat. Did you, did you just record me? I know I just got you. <laughs> you hate that, don't you? I like to just pop in I don't like. I don't like surprises. What if uh, I say something that's like wildly inappropriate? Because I added it out. Okay. We're good. Well, I mean, I'm still willing to repeat what I said if you did not Oh, no, it, we'll get to the, it. We'll get to it. Um, I mean, my opinion stands, but okay. I didn't I didn't think this was going to be the answer after I watched this. Um, I had better memories of this movie, and not so much of the sequel, when I suggested it. So I'm a little worried about Urban Legend 1 and 2, so I'm going to have to watch them first and then suggest them. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know exactly what it is that I thought. I'm not saying that I necessarily had good memories of things, but perhaps just not accurate memories yeah, but do you, of did the Did we watch experience. this a lot, the first one? Like, a, a lot, a lot? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I watched it a lot. I saw this in theaters, but I don't think I saw it with you. Um... I'm not sure. I mean, I probably saw it in the theater. I was definitely, well, it was R-rated, and I was 17 when it came out, so I'm not really sure no. if I did see it at the theater. Because I feel like, I know I saw it in the theater, but I think I saw it down in Vincennes, or maybe okay. I saw it like on fall break with you, but yeah, this is one that really locked into my memory, and I really enjoyed it, and this is when we were crazy for these kind of movies after Scream. And I bought yep. the first one, and I just remember watching over and over and over. And I remember watching one time, like, right before the sequel came out, and a bunch of the people I watched it with thought it was really stupid. They laughed their ass off. And I was like, maybe this isn't that uh-huh. great as I thought it was. Because, you know, your friends have a way of, like, manipulating your own mind. Um, but then the sequel I saw once, and that was it. I was like, ah, I don't need to, ever see, need to see that ever again. And I think I know why. Besides you think it being hot uh-huh. garbage, the two best cast members of the first movie are dead. And I don't give a shit about the other ones. <laughs> Truth. You mean you mean like acting wise? Yeah. Like well, people also, with the yeah. the people with the most talent are the ones that die. <laughs> Someone said to me the other day that Sarah Michelle Geller should have been the star, and I'm like, no. Her role is meatier and more entertaining than Jennifer Love. I don't know any of these fucking characters' names. Don't even ask me. I just watched them 48 hours ago. I don't care. Julie and <laughs> Helen. Julie and Helen. <laughs> okay, you have a better memory than I do. What are the guys' names? Skeeter and Mobar? Ray. <laughs> Ray is the name of Freddie Prince Jr.'s character. And I don't remember the other guy's name. Sorry. Um, they make a big point of pointing out that uh, sorry I said that the word twice I hate when I do that um, that oh Freddie God. Prince Jr.'s character is poor and that's part of the driving force I like, know oh. and I'm like did you see his fucking house <laughs> that's not a poor man's house yeah you know I think it's a it's a very 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 weak uh, argument viewpoint you know to to divide them and supposedly make him look more suspicious than them like none that did not really make any sense the whole time yeah i just kept going Uh, why are all these people so pretty i don't feel anything from this is the curse of scream is that they 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 thought that what appealed was the fact that they were all beautiful but i was like they all look so unique though in scream there's nothing particularly special about any of these people yeah uh, <clears throat> what was I gonna say? Uh, 
forget it. Never mind. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Did you read the book? Pretty people, I guess, and then I forgot. Um, but you know what? They're pretty, but they're all kind of generic yeah. all at the same time. But I feel like in Scream... Is that what you're saying about them not being very special? Yeah, because I feel like in Scream... Uh, The weirdest thing is from the same writer. I feel like Kevin Williamson really locked down who these people were in Scream. And maybe it has to do with the fact... And I I maybe read this wrong, but he was... He sold I Know What You Did Last Summer after Scream. Like, he wrote it just in a few months. In a rush. mm -hmm. So I don't think he gave a lot to... The motivations are weird. The way the action sequences work, it's just nowhere nearly the same. And I want to say part of it's because Wes Craven is such a good director. But I remember that Wes Craven also made a lot of shitty movies. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe Kim Winston just didn't have enough time to spend. Oh, Peppa. Peppa doesn't like the movie either. She doesn't like it when she thinks that our neighbors are invading our space, which apparently is what she thinks. Oh, okay. Um, did you ever read this sure. book, though? Um, I don't think so. Did you ever read any Lois Duncan? Sure, of course. Every every girl did in the in the nineties. Really? I think. Do you remember what else she wrote? Oh, sure. Did uh, she do Killing Mrs. She Tingle, wrote, right? Yes, several of her books were made into movies. The Face on the Milk Carton, I think. Oh no, that was Carol Cooney, I think. Shoot, um, Caroline Cooney. Uh, she has several other ones. Uh, that were like listed here too that I didn't know about. You know, she <laughs> did yeah. some many great thrillers: *Summer Fear*, *Killing Mr. Griffin*. Wait a minute, *Killing Mr. Griffin*? Hold on a second. That See, was... that's the thing is that I don't quite understand if those are based. That is that based on the same book because there is a movie called yeah. *Killing Mr. Griffin* that came out in 1987 yeah. that I don't really remember, but ha- says it has like good Amy Jo Johnson. Mario Lopez, Chris Young, Michelle Williams. Okay, I gotta see I'm this not now. So sure. yeah. I'm not so sure I remember that. So is it and um, Killing Mrs. Tingle or whatever, That is that the same thing? No, that's weird because I'm looking be. at it right now in the film adaptations from her stuff. I swear Teaching Mrs. Tingle was the same book. Okay, that's Me weird. Too. But she did do the horrifying thriller known as Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> Well, you know, everybody's got to have, like, a, a, a step away. This says that it was direct, uh, teaching Mrs. Tingle was directed and written by Kevin Williamson. See? It gives no, no, no so, so I think perhaps he sampled a tad bit, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I always thought that, that it was based on a book. Okay, so we should watch. Okay. Um, we should watch both of them and see how similar they are because yeah. I think they're both available. Yeah, maybe but, we should. Um, Kim Williamson always seemed like the kind of guy that stole ideas from other people. Like, oh, I mean, nothing was really <laughs> his. Well, hold on. So, like, Scream is it, not a wholly original idea. Scream is a love letter to sure. all these, you know, slashers. But he did it the right way. But you know, uh, uh, right. And then he did a lot of adaptations. And clearly, teaching Mrs. Tingle sounds a lot like killing Mr. Griffith. I don't know how he didn't get sued for this. Yes. But I read the book. I read um, I Know What You Did. Oh, yeah, and they always said that Dawson's Creek was ripped off of James at 15, which I've never seen. Uh, I don't know what that is. Is it a Canadian show? Yeah, it was on for, like, uh, back in the 70s. Um, The kid from the original Salem plot was in it. But, um, sorry, I totally lost my point, though. 
Uh, in college, though, okay. I found in my library the original novel for I Know What You Did Last Summer, and it is not a slasher. <laughs> it's, it's a slight revenge uh, drama, but nothing like mm. Scream, nothing with the, the, the costumes and stuff like that. It's just someone who knows what they did, uh, and that was covering up a hit and run. That's it. It's nowhere yeah. nearly the same as the movie. Well, I mean, that's a fairly common uh, statement. I mean, you know, how many how many books uh, are made into movies and the movie is, is true to that story? Very, 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 very few. Why, though? Why option? Just for the idea? Because I keep thinking, everybody tells me that Dean Koontz uh, is the king of, hey, I made a great novel and they fucked it up with the movie. <laughs> Except for Odd yeah. Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure uh, exactly. I guess it's enough of the story that they like. And then how often, I mean, we don't really know how the movie-making process works. How often do they write something and then they have to, like, rewrite, 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 rewrite based on what their bosses want, think is more you know and then sometimes i mean we know sometimes stuff gets made and then they like screen it to an audience and they respond poorly to certain things and then they have to change it based on that right or sometimes you don't have a choice (laughs) stephen king remember like his all those short stories he did he didn't have really a say and so they just licensed them out to whoever wanted them and it backfired with um lawnmower man when it had nothing to do with the story and he sued to get his name off of it yeah, well, that's that happens a lot too. Uh, that you know, authors are very disappointed with uh, the way things go. I think um, John Irving is one of those too. That you know, writes these big, sweeping, family epicy type things. And I don't know if it was like the movie, uh, the Simon Birch that really pissed him off. And, oh, I remember. I mean, it's a it's it's a very 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 different movie than the book. The book is like an epic masterpiece uh, to anyone who is like an English major, especially well, when I was I totally in forgot. college. But yeah, but sorry. I'm just saying, like, I mean, that's the thing is, I'm seeing more and more people, authors. I know we're diverting a bit, oh, but no, you know, authors who are you know in their contracts they're saying okay but if you only if you let me write the script or um you know i have to have more say and so you know maybe you know in the 70s 80s 90s they didn't know that was something they could even ask for yeah so i believe duncan was appalled by the movie i wouldn't be surprised also she's really old so she has different ideas about stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, lots of people, lots of people are, you know, really disappointed with how the how their their books are brought to life, and I don't blame them. The uh, I totally forgot about this, but um, when they were promoting, I know what you did last summer. They said from the creator of Scream and Merrimack sued them because they Ooh. said that Kevin Williamson is not the creator; he's a co-creator with Wes Craven. And so they hmm. actually got them to uh, to remove it from their campaign. But he wrote the script. Yes, but it's also not it's not from the creator. Scream, hold on. So, well, okay, yeah. So it doesn't say he created. I know what you did last summer. It just said he created Scream. Okay, that is a weird thing because technically he created the script, 
So how does that work? Well, mm. so I can't wait to do the Scream movies when the new one comes out. That's that's probably I my don't favorite know. of the franchises. Drama, drama, drama yeah. is the point that we're going with here. Yeah. That's the important detail. Drama, now, drama. The, all, all the humor is stripped from this, which is what Kevin Williamson is kind of known for, is that he's, he always puts some humor and references in with uh, the, the scares. And I think that's the problem mm-hmm. with this movie, is that it's so dead serious that I found myself laughing, especially at the sequel. I laughed my fucking ass off. Oh well, I mean the the I mean we we'll, we can get more into it later, but I mean the first one is okay. I actually, in some ways, think the second one is better, but it is also terrible. So I mean I can't explain the logic behind that dueling <laughs> concept that it is laughable, but somehow. Well, there's a lighter approach. Maybe, there's a lighter approach to the second one. It also has to do with the director, I think. Yeah. So Jim Gillespie. Maybe it also has to do with the fact that I hadn't seen the second one nearly as many times that I didn't remember that much. Maybe it was at least that there was still some like surprises left because I hadn't seen it in so long. But it is really fairly garbagey. <laughs> but uh, it also doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jim Gillespie is the director of the first one. This was his debut film. And his movie, it's beautiful. The way he shoots it, these sequences, uh, they're really well set up. But he doesn't create much tension, and he has no idea how to handle actors. Whereas Danny mm-hmm. Cannon was kind of a wonderkin whose career fizzled out very fast. Uh, and he ended up doing the second one. I think he knew that it was kind of a joke, so that's why he cast kind of oddball people. I mean, come on, he got... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jack Black, um, uh, crap, he's from the Frighteners. Uh, the Reanimator, uh, Jeffrey Combs, Jennifer Esposito yeah, Jeffrey is really Combs. great. Yeah, so there's a lot of John Hawks. Yeah, oh my god, I, I love, love that. He was so there was good. a lot of people that I didn't remember being in it, and I was just like, even though he only was in a little bit of it, like, I mean, I will, I will truly say that I believe that John Hawks is one of the greatest actors that exist in this world right now. He is just, I mean, he's very, you know, uh, kind of under the radar. I mean, he's, you know, been acclaimed for some things, but I just still, still think that he's one of those people that's definitely more of a character actor that doesn't get the uh, attention that he deserves. And his brief two scenes or whatever were quite enjoyable. Yeah, I swear Mr. they're improving all of it. That's the, another thing. Yeah. Danny Cannon seems to be a little loose with the dialogue and lets him have some fun. And everything mm-hmm. in I Know What You Did Last Summer seems like you got to stick to the script. Um, and it seems so stiff. I've never seen Ryan Felipe yes. struggle because he's a great actor. I think he's the best of the bunch. If you have not seen Breach, holy shit. I can't believe he's now starring in directed video action films and, and cable TV shows. He's, he's, he has a he, he That show that he has that's coming out this year maybe it already started i don't know it looked very interesting though and i was like oh good for him bro like i do think that he's a really good actor but maybe has had some personal struggles i don't know i don't know i know he got so close to playing captain america that's gotta sting (laughs) oh i didn't know yeah it was down (laughs) to him uh i'm getting blank mind again jim from the office uh, oh yeah, John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard about that one. Yeah, yeah. and for some reason, Marvel could, they couldn't get Chris Evans, and they just kept looking around, looking around, or whatever. And they were really close to signing either one of them, and then they said, "Screw it, let's go give some more money to Chris Evans and have him, you know, have more control over his character." But 
Well, I'm super happy because I can't, I mean, of course, you can't envision anyone else oh, not doing it. It's just amazing. It. But um, I still think Ryan Felipe is more than capable of having a comeback. He's a young enough actor, he can do it. Mm-hmm. But his character yeah, is a fucking a-hole. Yeah, I always thought he was a-hole. good actor. His fucking character is an a-hole, has no dialogue. The one part where he's pretending to be drunk, I don't buy it for a fucking oh, second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, every, you're right. Everything feels very, like, stiff and awkward. And maybe part of that is is that a lot of the people who are in this movie were either from TV or ha- hadn't done a lot of movies yet, you know. This was pretty early in a lot of their careers. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it was Johnny Galecki, even though he'd been acting for a long time, is still, like, you know, they were all young. And, yeah, but his performance is great. Uh, There's not a false moment in what Johnny Galecki's doing. Yeah. Yeah, so you're right that the whole thing did feel kind of um, forced and awkward, um, and the dialogue is is really not good, and I'm sure that made things harder for the actors to really, like, how do you commit to this, like, garbage on paper, uh, you know? And also, I just feel bad for Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm not saying she's a good actress. I don't really know. I she's don't better know that she's had, like... She's so good in Heartbreakers. She, yeah, I think she... Yes, that's true. Heartbreakers is a great movie. Uh, that I just I don't know that she's had the best opportunities to like really display that, but maybe she's really not. But basically, they just focus on her boobs the whole yeah, time. Yeah, that was like, really, I feel really bad for her. I never noticed it before because yeah. when these came out, I was of course a young horny man. Uh, yeah, and then he was like boobies, but now I'm like, oh, why why fucking take your shirt off? There's no reason for her to take her shirt off to pull that thing up, or and then not put it back on. You know what? It, it, yeah. I feel like it's almost abuse. It's like, oh, this young ingenue, they just want to make her lead while you're going to yeah. have to show off your tatas. Yeah, basically every, like, every um, costume choice was more important than the dialogue. Like, at least that's what it seemed like the thought process was. Yeah. Well, just like, make them as pretty as possible, and I just, no. Are you seriously expecting me to believe that Ryan Felipe, who weighs like 102 pounds in this, is a fucking star quarterback? Really? Yeah. You know, the other thing I was going to say that is a little bit strange regarding what you said early at the beginning about how, um, <clears throat> you know, they kept saying all this stuff about how Ray, who is Freddie Prince Jr.'s character, was the poor kid and stuff. And it's just like, this is a fishing community, like, on, on the water. Like, isn't everyone a fisherman? Like, isn't that, like, the main, like... Uh, industry in your community so like how much better could you be than anyone else (laughs) like it just it doesn't quite uh, pan out to me like it it just seemed like a unnecessary uh, point to keep bringing up when it didn't really add to the plot right when Ryan Fleeker says you always want to be one of us you're a poser or whatever I'm like hold on a second first off Sarah Michelle Gellar's dad owns, like, a weird little department store downtown. I have no idea what, you know, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt's family does. It seems very middle class, Mm -hmm. too. And they never say why Ryan Felipe's family's rich. He just is rich. Yeah. Nope. It's all very, like... Like, if you're going to use that as a plot point, then, like, flesh it out to make it mean something. They barely... You barely say anything about anybody's family, with the exception of, you know, um, uh, sorry, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character Helen and her awful, 
horrible <laughs> bully of a fucking sister. Yeah. She was so awful to her, just like yeah. for no reason. Well, also it their was, dad, they give more a... they give more insight to her character than anybody else because she has a dad who never pays attention, who is just locked into television. True, I do. Yeah, I do remember that. But it's just like there was just they're just missing some basic, very very basic character substance. Yeah. Um, which again, you know, I do think that he he must have written this way quicker than he he wrote, you know, Scream or his some of his other stuff. But overall, it's just like I don't really know that it needs to be R-rated. First of all, I don't even know, and it's not that scary, and it's mostly just dumb. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting character, but there's only so far you can go with it because he has a hook for a hand and he wears a slicker. It's just that's when they were desperate to find anything that was like Scream, where they just throw something so you can't see their face because it became um like an Agatha Christie murder by what what's the book? Uh, Ten Little Indians kind of thing. Sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. It also seemed like that in a combination of like urban legend. Yeah, because it really is an urban legend that they're like, well, that's right. you know, they're telling man, urban yeah. legends at the beginning of the story, and that's like how kind of it starts. And like the fisherman hook man, I mean, it's kind of a hybrid of, of you know, a, a urban legends mixed in with some some Agatha Christie, but really, really poorly done. Yeah, I gotta hope urban legend holds up. I remember being such a fan of that though, those two movies. Um, of course, there yeah, was a third one. Yeah, I have a feeling has... we're going to be a little bit sad, but yeah. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, they're so of the moment, but disturbing behavior actually got better with time. So, hey, you never know. Oh, uh, tiny, tiny digression from that. Since you mentioned uh, disturbing behavior, it was interesting to see the, like, sidekick guy who was, like, you know, pals with, like, Nick Stahl's character, whatever his name was. I don't know. Oh, and Final Destination? Uh, Yes, I've been watching the Final Destination movies again, and I was like, "Oh my god, he was in another movie." <laughs> yeah, it's funny. This, the, yeah. Everybody became a star after this. Everybody got a big deal. The director, of course, Kevin Williamson was still red hot, but all of them. And, and this is where uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince uh, got married, or, or, or started dating and got married. Met. met. I mean, they met. They. <laughs> No, it's they jump right into they it. A, like, hello. They make they make they make a note that they had like they literally spoke like two lines. Oh, okay. So they to each other in the whole movie. Gotcha. Okay, no, I, I didn't know that. They met on this movie, I think. But then the next year, they uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Fleet, I think, have more success, especially critically with Cruel Intentions, and then that's where he meets oh. Reese Witherspoon and gets married there. Boy, I that... feel like that has some strange, like, serious, iconic thing to certain people in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily feel the same way. I mean, it's a fine film, I guess, but it is, <laughs> maybe it's because it's a little bit disturbing. I don't know. But uh, Freddie Prince Jr. is the one who got so many movies after this, and I think we saw all of them, and all of them were fucking terrible. Except maybe she's well, I mean, I was kind of a fan of his. I think that I had a crush pretty bad. But really, he is... I'm sorry. Like, I'm sure he's a super nice dude. Like, I just I get that vibe. Like, he's a, good, he's a nice dude. He's just not a good actor. He's just not. I will sorry, say this. Man. He made a movie after this 
That's why he's barely in the second I Know We Did Last Summer. He made a movie called Money Kings, uh-huh. a.k.a. called The Vig, with Timothy Hutton, Lauren Hawley, and, uh, shit, he played Columbo. Who played Columbo? Um, the, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, that guy. Um, and he's a villain in it, and he's fucking... Peter Falk. I knew it was Peter, you. but I just couldn't Peter remember. Falk, but he's fucking disturbing in that movie. He's terrifying. He's sleazy. And that is his hmm. best performance, and no one saw it because it went straight to video. Yeah, literally, I'm sorry. I'm looking at all of his movies. I, have, I You know, I've seen a good chunk of the movies that he was in, like I said. <laughs> we laughed around some Wing Commander. High, <laughs> high school crush, right, dude? But, uh, no, nah, it's pretty pretty bad stuff he did. But everybody honestly, else seemed to do man. well because, you know, uh, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt, like I said, she did an amazing job in Heartbreakers. I wish more people would have seen that one. God, that's a really, really underrated comedy. Of course, like, can't hardly truly. wait. Um, what did she do after that, though? I feel like she kind of went to TV. She only did a handful of movies, and then she went over to the Ghost Whisperer. Yeah. Ghost I mean, it was on for a long time. I think it was a success for her, and what, you I mean, whatever. Now, was she still on the TV show when she made this movie? Was she still on um, Party of Five? Party of Five? Maybe. Show. I'm not really sure. Show I've never seen. I can't really remember, like, the timelines and exactly how they play out. Quite possibly, but... Oh, I no, she did the this two Garfield may... movies and the Tuxedo with Jackie Chan. I remember that. Hmm. I mostly remember uh, that she had, like, I think was when she was dabbling more with her music career. Oh, I still can't believe she had an album called Let's Go Bang. Seriously? You didn't know? This says, <laughs> it said that she was on the show until 1999, so... Yeah, it was. She was still on the show when this movie came out. Um, also, she has a song on the soundtrack for the second movie. I thought that which, sounded like her. Yeah, yep. Uh, but, uh, before... Yeah, I feel, it looks kind of like she did a lot of straight to, straight to TV, yeah. like, you know, TV movies and stuff. I don't know. But Sarah Michelle Gellar was not a star yet when she got cast in this. She had just done the first season of Buffy, and it had not aired before she got cast. And it was during that time is when she started becoming red hot. And, you know, she hung around for a while, but, man, she did a lot of horror movies. And I don't think she had much of an option because yeah. it really didn't seem to offer her anything. Everything that wasn't horror seemed to go straight to video or barely released. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people just get pigeonholed and 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 what else can you do yeah um unfortunately at some point you know you just people want to work and make money and yeah she did a lot well pretty much all the stuff that was non-horror just wasn't didn't really take off and even if it was horror it wasn't necessarily good yeah but she is one of my favorite actors the first grudge movie was pretty Pretty popular. Yeah, I, think. I don't remember the second one. Mm-mm. Especially but, within the second one, I just don't really remember that much. Yeah, but it was a huge hit. It made a fuck ton of money in October. And back then, if your movie made $70 million in October, that was pretty big because nothing really was that successful during that time of year. And so they fast forward, they rushed the second one. And I think that's why it's a little looser too is because they probably were writing the script as they were making it. <laughs> they probably just had the outline. Maybe. Um... But I, I do think there's a, a more self-aware jokiness to it. There's, I think, a lot of filler, though. I really think the whole music sequence was a, just a dumb setup for her, for it to say, I know what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, but I laughed my what? fucking ass off when she did that thing again where she starts yelling out to yes. the sky. Yes. <laughs> Come and get me! What are you waiting for? And I was like, you they seriously I know, I was that? like, really? <laughs> really? Well, remember, they spoofed that awesome. in um, a scary movie and she gets hit by a car. I don't know, like doing... everything? <laughs> they spoof it in everything? Looking... It's, I guess, the most memorable part of the movie, sadly. Yes, because she shows... I hate to be nihilistic but or cynical or whatever, but it's because she shows off her boobs when she does that. I guess. Scumbags! No, but the director of this was red hot until he did Judge Dredd and <laughs> ticked horribly and his career was over with. So, for it. like a week, he was red hot? Well, he did a movie called Young Americans with Viggo Mortensen. Um... And Harvey Keitel, they got a lot of buzz. And so he was hot off that. He did another movie right up that with uh, Brittany Murphy and Ray Liotta and Angelica Houston called uh, Phoenix, which is a really cool, like, thriller um, about dirty Hmm. cops. And then he got Judge Dredd and then everything just went to shit. And I I bet you he was just fast and available and they used him for this. Sadness. And both of them. He does a lot of TV. Yeah, so does the writer, Trey Calloway. This looks like his only movie, but he's done a ton of TV. He did a TV show called Mercy Point, Lost in Oz, which I'm curious about. Uh, CSI New York Ugh. is basically what he's on. Revolution, Rush Hour, APB, whatever the fuck that is. There's so many shows I don't know about right now. Must you have such a potty mouth. Oh, uh, what, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Goodness, I don't know. Never mind. I didn't know where that was going um, can I say this? Yeah, I, I don't. I Ugh. I believe Matthew Settle as the nice guy. I really thought he was going to be a useless doofus who was killed at the end. Um, I had no idea that he was going to be the son. That that threw me for a loop. Yeah, I definitely didn't remember that. However, I do think that there was definitely some like suspiciousness that you could have picked up on. Uh. This says this, whatever this Lost in Oz thing is, was the story by Tim Burton. What? Screen, screenplay by Trey Calloway. We wow. might have to look into that a little more later. Anyway, sorry, I got distracted it's as okay. I do, because I like, I like to look at IMDb facts about the things we watch and the people involved. Um, yeah, uh, you know, the whole thing with, like, Jack Black was just so ludicrous. He like, was. his character was just like, I mean, why the fuck was he, like, stalking these people? Was it because they were the only people on the island? Yeah. I mean, my God, man. But he was like, stoned was just... the entire time. And the only part where it's really interesting is when he is hurt. You know, he stabs him in the hand or whatever. He's going to kill him. He starts begging for his life. All of a sudden, that idiot goes away. And the desperation pops mm-hmm. out. Yeah. But um, I forgot to mention uh, Anne Heche in the first one. That was oh, a, sure. Uh-huh. See, that was a fully realized character because even though she's only in it for, what, ten minutes, they give her a lot to work with. They spend more time on her That's character true. than the rest of them. That's true. Yeah, and, I'd say. You know, I just feel like this, like the whole thing's a little bit convoluted. Okay. So, the whole point of the first one is, is they, like, hit this guy with their car, and he, like, they think that they kill him, and then they end up dumping him in the water, and then, like, as they're getting ready to dump in the water, they realize he's still alive. 
like, really, why did they, like, I realize it's plot, they need to do something for the plot, but they didn't have to, like, dump him in the water, and then, supposedly, when he's in the water, he still doesn't die, and then somebody else actually kills him, like, then why is the hook man even trying to kill them in the, in the first or the second one? They didn't actually there's no revenge to get on well, them. Well, okay, so... It's, it's misplaced anger. Sort of, but <laughs> I don't okay, understand. So, so what I gathered from the second movie, they never mentioned anything about his family, really, except for his daughter in the first one. <laughs> so uh, let, me, yeah. let me try to do all the pieces here. So we have Hookman, whatever is played by Muse Watson. Hookhand. Um, so his daughter died in an accident and the boy thought he was responsible and he was on the hill at the beginning of the movie and you think he's the one that's hit by the car and that's the one they kill Ray Brower wait that's from Stand By Me what the fuck <laughs> that's the wrong movie fuck I'm going Ray Brower Jr <laughs> that fat family has bad luck <laughs> I don't know but whatever, but, but whatever okay. what actually happened was Hookman actually killed the boy tried to make it look like suicide because he was still angry about the death of his daughter right Got it. Okay, okay. So, they hit him instead, and they throw him into the water, whatever. So, he's just fucking crazy anyway. He's a psycho because... Think about part two. In part two, he confesses to the fact that he killed his wife. So, he killed his wife Uh years earlier because he's crazy. He kept his two kids under his control. His daughter tried to break free away from his control and brainwashing, and that's why... Did she actually die in the car accident from the boyfriend, though? Or was did he actually kill her because she left the family? Oh my god! Yeah. So and then you have the boy who's brainwashed and crazy, and they have this intricate plot that's completely fucking stupid. They're really going to take the time to transmit his voice over the radio as if he's calling from a radio station. How did he get that to work? How did he get them to call? How did he set up the fucking trip and pay for it? How did the tickets set up at this resort when he knew they were going to be Desidore? Now, yes, his father used to work there. But what are the chances of his father working there? Come on! <laughs> okay, and then and then here's the other thing. is that it, I understand if he's just straight up crazy. Like, that I can accept. But if it's all about revenge... Then he just killed a heck of a lot of innocent people yes. for no yes. reason That's why in the it's, second movie. See, I, okay, so I can see why he kills... Uh, what's his name again from Big Bang Theory? Damn it. Uh, Johnny Galicki. I understand why he killed... We're talking about the first one, yeah. Yeah, we're going back okay. to that. So I know why he kills him in that one, because he saw him there at the accident, and he thinks he's somehow yes. responsible. Does he kill... Well, he does kill her sister, and she's not... Well, she's just in the right? way. Right? But I guess she's just in the way. Dude. But why did he just wait... So, okay, so that one... I don't know, but then but then if we're going on to the second movie, then it makes even less sense because none of these people have nothing to do yeah, with nothing. Nothing, and, and the only person who has any idea of who he is is Bill Cobb, the voodoo guy, who's fantastic, by yeah. the way, and is way too good to be in this movie. He's like a classy actor. Agreed. So confused. Yes. <laughs> Must have been a huge paycheck. Um, or something about the film just appealed to him. But... Yeah, so he's just now on a murder spree because he's leaving a wake of bodies. Who is he going to blame it on? See, in the first movie, they kind of tra- cast the whole thing onto Freddie Prince Jr. Like, maybe he's the one doing it. But in the second movie, how True. do you explain how a whole fucking resort is wiped out? True. You know, I, I didn't. It, we didn't mention the other few, like, cameos in this, like, Mark Boone Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like... And like, uh, I mean, Jennifer Esposito. I mean, she's what? great in this. Her death though sucked. I was like, just get. Oh, I know he's heavy, but come on. 
truth. Like, I feel like they just killed her to kill her. That's what bothered me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and then um, uh, Brandy and, and Mackay oh, Pfeiffer are... Yeah. They're more interesting, yeah. but they're still not good enough to make me like this movie. No, 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 no. He was so, like, popular then, though. He was, like, hat, hat. Was he an O? Yes. Okay, I've never seen that movie. I wonder if it's good. Have you seen it? He's in a Yeah, I've seen it. I don't really remember, yeah. honestly. I mean, I saw it because it had Josh Hartnett in it, so duh. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is that Matthew Settle, like, I thought that he, that he looked kind of familiar, but I had no, I didn't realize who he was until I looked him up, and I was like, oh my gosh, because he didn't, like, do anything that I remembered for, like, a really long time. I mean, when he was older, I especially remember him in, like, Into the West in, like, 2005, and Brothers and Sisters a couple years later, and then what he may be most known for is Gossip Girl as, like, oh, one really? of the I've never seen dads. That. And he was also in Ouija, which I don't remember, but uh, just a lot of a lot of stuff I don't I didn't I definitely did not realize that's who that was at the time, and I was just like, oh well, I mean, I guess thanks for the surprise. Like I definitely didn't remember that, so that was or 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 predict it, so that's nice. Yeah, it's. I uh... truly hate. Huh? Movies that are just so predictable that you're just like, oh my god, and I can tell you like five seconds before it happens, every single thing that's going to happen. So annoying. The work that the hook man has to do to hide bodies so fucking fast. Don't you tell me he's going to fill a body into a trunk with all those crabs and then he's going to have it clean five minutes later. Crabs are not easy to handle. And also, there would be water in like goo. You know, sea goo. Yeah, that's 100% like not believable like any of that stuff how they're just like oh there's a body and then 30 seconds later where'd it go yeah. you mean like in her trunk when that body was in her trunk or whatever yeah. like what and why is he storing the bodies yeah. just throwing them in the water why is he storing them in the cooler so so basically this is a, like an unnecessarily long uh, way of us saying that None of this makes any sense. It's not written well. It's not terribly acted well. There's still some likable folks in it. But overall, like, I could have been totally fine uh, maybe never watching these movies again. That's I don't a, know. That's, a, that's the I mean, curse of these movies we, because they saw Scream, and this is how you make it flashy, you make it fast, you, you, know, yeah. you make it stylized, I, whatever. So it moves like a fucking freight train. So it's still entertaining, but yeah. it's trash. Yeah, you know, the thing is, it's like, with us, and I know there's other people like this that that kind of get a kick out of bad movies, you can still enjoy it, even if it's, like, dated, or if it's, you know, not that great, it still has some fun factor if, you know, if you are okay with, you know, it's kind of funnier than scary at this point, yeah. and that's alright, but it it is very, it is really dated, because, you know, a lot of these movies, as we have discussed, um, horror movies, and especially in, like, the, you know, 90s and early 2000s were very, very um, trend-based, you know, who they cast, and, you know, it was all, like... It's all the so WB. It felt like that. Everybody was from France right. to the WB, whereas you look at 80s horror movies, and yeah. yes, it's dated by, like, the hairdo and some of the special effects, 
But it felt like they were always trying to go for small town America, and a lot of the actors were unknown yeah. because then you had no idea who was going to live or die. Well, I, you know, but also they seemed more like just, yeah, normal people instead of everyone has to be beautiful and like, and just like, that's just not life and it's not relatable. Yeah. So, so you're right. I do think that like a lot of the, like the seventies and stuff movies were like, we just watched the fog, the original fog, just like how much better and more relatable and likable are the, uh, the characters in that movie than the remake. I just remember the the remake being very visceral, and that was kind of entertaining. Yeah. But it's just like, hey, I like Tom Welling, I like Maggie Grace, but they're dull yeah. as shit in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I guess that's a whole different thing. But yeah. just just you know, kind of uh, reiterating or strengthening the statement that you're making about you know how they chose to cast and things like that, like quality over um right they're not they're not doing you know, a it would it feel like the good horror movies that do last from this time period like ginger snaps is they're trying to find the best actors but in disturbing behavior, behavior i believe they're trying to find the best actors but a lot of these movies i feel like they put okay let's get all these names from all the hot yeah. shows right now let's put them into a little sure. cup water shake it up and then loosen up the names yeah. like, okay we'll take that 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 the names are more important than the actual content in the story, which, you know, is uh, how a lot of the movies during this, you know, time period were. And which means that they're most of the time very dated and not well written. Yeah. If they, are, seems... if they promoted the soundtrack in the trailer, you're probably going to have that. Remember how big that was? They always had it at the end. The very last screen would say soundtrack from TNT or TBT or whatever. And they'll have like Creed and uh, the the You know, they, all these hot bands for one moment, you know. Like is, that. Fu- is Fushnikins a real band? Yeah, it's a real band. It wasn't the band I was trying to remember, but it was uh, Talk Oh, it. man. Uh, there's a there's a weed oriented band on screen too that I always remember, but um, it's cool. I just thought okay. that was weird. I thought you made it up. No, the but... Fushnikins. Their song was "What's Up, Doc? Can we rock?" And uh, they were known for having Shaquille O'Neal in their band. Yep. Oh, great! Sounds awesome. <laughs> he raps like this. And on that, really and on cool. that note, yeah, there is a part three. I've never seen it. I have no interest in seeing it. Most directed video movies are not worth my fucking time sequels that go yeah. straight to video just don't feel they're all by the numbers there's nothing unique about them well most of the time and again you know this doesn't obviously it can't speak to every single movie or every single franchise but a lot of times it feels like they're just doing it for money there's there's no people no original cast left in it there's some like lame pathetic attempt to have some connection to the original people and you're like damn that's a reach you know (laughs) you were the janitor (laughs) yeah it's just like it's just so flimsy you know the connection to, to to try to make sense to have this movie and then again less likable cast even worse script most likely um and you're just like why are we here again so yeah i i have never seen it i have no intention of seeing it uh i guess can't handle that much disappointment (laughs) (laughs) well the level wasn't set too high though so (laughs) i mean i don't have high standards for much of my entertainment certainly not like horror movies but i mean there's better movies out there yeah. to watch than to watch things that I feel pretty strongly are going to be garbage. So. 
Speaking of, our next episode will be discussing something I never really thought I would get around to watching, and I was actually quite surprised. Uh, Princess Diaries 1 and 2 will be our next episode. Woo! Yay! Bye, everybody! Bye.